much love. These dreams I see when I close my eyes. Every second of the night, I live another life. It's episode 17, season three of Ravage Love, and we are here with a super special guest. Our dreams are coming true. It's Witzlarp. <laughs> Hello! Hello. How's it thank going? You so, thank you so much for joining us. You're oh, making for all me. of our dreams come true. You're making mine come true. Oh my God, imagination. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so exciting. This is everything i've wanted since we started this show i mean you're one of my favorite people for real it's because i'm your biggest fan i think (laughs) that definitely has a big part of it yeah but you've given me some some really important encouragement at an early stage so i appreciate that every time i read one of your books and then i see my little quote on it i'm like (laughs) i feel so important like it's yeah so and i have some really great things to say about what we read this oh good yeah so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so um, I was actually telling Wit earlier this week that I lost my copy of my book um, because my daughter was scared of it and hid it. <laughs> um, so th- <laughs> this week we read uh, My A-Hole Fell Into a K-Hole, <laughs> which is a choose-your-own-adventure, and the cover features um, an A-Hole sobbing on a dance floor, and <laughs> my daughter, I don't know which daughter, um, mm. Not, nobody will admit where it went, no but will. it disappeared. Oh, so it's still gone. Yes. So fortunately, there is an ebook available, and it's available also on Kindle Unlimited. So I was able to read it. Did you easy, lose your easy. signed copy, or did I? Uh, no, I sent you a the different Abraham. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Abraham Lectern was signed, and it's proudly displayed on my on my oh, shelf. So you're the best. I know. So I really want to ask some questions, and then yeah. hop right into the story. So, um, Mr. Slorp. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you decide to start writing? Um, it was pretty shortly into um, COVID. Uh, actually, one of my best friends who I, I moved here to Portland in um, October of 2019 to be close to uh, two of my very closest friends. And one of them who is actually from Ottawa, funny enough. Hey. Uh, I know. I love you Canadians. You're my favorite. She um, was like, there's this author who's doing quite well and you could totally do the same kind of thing except like a bazillion times better so I looked into it and I was like this is amazing stuff and um, I really was in, excited about having complete freedom to do whatever I want because I've always worked commercially like with album art and book jackets but it's always been for other artists so yeah I've been doing it since I want to say like March of 2020 so pretty, pretty recent. Wow. Another really fantastic thing to come out of the pandemic. I know, right? I really pivoted. <laughs> <laughs> and I love telling people, oh, I write smut. You know, I'll be dating and it's like, so what do you do? And they're like, you know, I do real estate or something. And I'm rolling my eyes secretly. And they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I write smut, like parody, goofy smut about like <laughs> a stoma in someone's throat. And they're like... I'm like, this is like trial by fire. You're either going to be really in it or you're like, I am out. So no wasting time. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually going to be my question is like, how do you describe your writing to folks who are not familiar with it? So like folks who are listening to this, mm-hmm. if you were to describe like this is Witzlorp's jam, this is what you can expect mm-hmm. from one of your books. How would uh-huh. you describe it? Well, I'm trying to really corner a very niche market in Mm -hmm. the 
erotica uh, sector, which is for me, I just call it parody smut, where I'm taking, you know, something that's pretty ubiquitous, like a, a lot of young adult novels, which kind of feels gross in a way because it's books that I read as a young adult. It's certainly not geared towards young adults, but but they're ubiquitous. They're things that are, you know, usually pretty innocent to us, like a Judy Bloom book or, you know, Hardy Boys, and then, you know, giving it a, an erotic edge, which has certainly been done before, but I'm just trying to make it really unique um, and, and sometimes shocking. Um, but I'm also trying to, you know, a lot of my, my, my work in commercially or personally, like fine art that I've done has been pretty serious uh, some and political and things like that. And so I've actually really enjoyed being able to have a sense of humor. And I'm like, I'm a funny person. Like in my group of friends, I'm always the class clown. And so I'm like, I can have fun with art, but I'm also trying to bring in, um, you know, political slant as well. I'm trying to be more inclusive. I'm trying to bring, you know, marginalized groups that aren't always brought to the sexy talk conversation or, um, you know, uh, I'm just trying to maybe be a little political while funny. I think you can do both. I think that's a really good way to be political is through comedy, of course. Oh, totally. Yeah. And um, like in this book, your very first page, I mean, it's my a-hole fell into a K-hole and, <laughs> and, the cover is like so obviously amazingly like throwback and then you open the first page and there's this like really sincere introduction about how you know mm -hmm. the character is gender fluid and like mm -hmm. i want folks to feel represented mm -hmm. and I, yeah i don't think most folks would expect that from picking up a book that they're like lol right. and then they here's open it and they're like oh this is <laughs> yeah they're like here's a butthole and then a tender tender introductory note <laughs> that's that's very me like i love humor but i'm also I love people and I'm very sensitive. My feelings get hurt. So I'm very sensitive to, you know, I'm, I'm part of the queer community and Portland is very, uh, I, you know, I, I hate the word woke cause I think it's been used a lot, uh, excessively and in incorrect ways, but it's a, it's a very, you know, thoughtful place, sometimes extra thoughtful, <laughs> but, um, I love leaning into that, you know, and it's taught me a lot about, you know, marginalized communities, you know, the trans community and things. And, and so, um, yeah, um, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're passionate. You're passionate. Yeah. I'm sense yeah. I'm sincere in my, um, motive. And so I don't want people to feel hurt. I don't want people to feel like I'm poking fun at the people or the, their proclivities or their, you know, the way they represent, you know, I'm trying to include people. So I, mm -hmm. I'm trying to make it clear at the beginning of my books that the the comedy is supposed to be from the nature of whatever literature I'm parodying, not the people. I'm not trying to poke fun at someone who is, you know, gender fluid. I'm trying to include them. Yeah. And reading your stories, like I would never, um, I would never say that there's, you know, a blurred line between your sincerity and any sort of um, thing that could be misconstrued as poking fun at okay. a person specifically. Well, like it, it, it feels very sincere and, and loving and, and mm -hmm. somehow you find a way to make everything <laughs> consensual uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> um, and ridiculous and, and ridiculous and tender. And um, like I, 
I, I didn't know how I would describe to our listeners at one point how cannibalism could be consensual, but it, you made it happen. And I think, <laughs> I think that is a skill that I don't know if any other author I've ever read <laughs> has been able to accomplish. I wonder so, if they've even tackled that. <laughs> they're probably like, what the heck? Yeah. Have they tried? Yeah. No, have they're they cowards. I don't but... know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other neat thing about your stories is that you, you paint all your covers, you make all your covers. And I've mm-hmm. seen um, content you've posted where you kind of show that time lapse of it happening. And it's mm-hmm. incredible. Oh, it's incredible. You. So what made you decide to, I mean, you're obviously very talented. So was it oh, just thanks. a no brainer and then to paint them yourself, but also um, kind of parody the, the, the kind of like eighties, nineties covers that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I definitely come from a visual background. I mean, I started drawing before I could write And then in junior high, I had a mentor um, who uh, encouraged me to start painting and using color. And then uh, I moved to New York when I was 18 and started uh, using digital um, medium and doing album art. And so there's a lot of photography with like surreal um, post-production and like Photoshop and stuff. So, you know, I hate to confess this, but the covers are really my favorite part. And a lot (laughs) of times I have four covers ready to go. And so I have to like write the story after the fact um, oh nice like they're done i'm done painting these and i cannot wait to unveil them but i have to write the story um and i do love writing the stories but the painting is is really when i get excited um <laughs> and I, I i've been returning to painting after many years of doing digital so that's also exciting oh that's lovely yeah yeah so well, I one mean, of that yeah that was yeah. one of our questions was like mm-hmm. what comes first the art mm-hmm. or the writing. And it sounds like the art comes first yeah. when you work your way back. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I'm like, I think there's an exception to that, but I, I guess not. I think I've always done the covers first so far. Yeah. And was I'll there start reason... stories, but not um, finish them until um, the album. I mean, the cover's done. Yeah. I've definitely experienced that with you specifically where you'll send me a story and mm-hmm. I'll be waiting for the rest. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's not finished yet. It's not done. I've got yeah. a few, I've got like four half written stories. I'll write the notes, you know, I'm, I'm plotting out the story and then I have to go back and it's just been a very busy time as COVID's kind of diminishing a bit here. So mm-hmm. a lot of trying to juggle what was my like, um, hibernation you know career in my um hovel here and now that i'm getting out it's you know harder to want to go back and work but um it's also very exciting because i'm like i still have something fun to do in my place instead of you know i'll be out at the lake and that's great but when i come home i've still got exciting worlds to visit it's like reading because i don't really know where the story will go i kind of i've kind of write a little bit stream of consciousness. I give myself a little roadmap to know kind of where I'm navigating, but a lot of times I surprise myself as I'm writing it and I'm laughing hysterically. Like this is batshit crazy what I'm writing right now, <laughs> but I'm like, I think that's good. You know, I think it's, it's like, it's like grape ketchup. That is not going to be most people's favorite flavor, but if you like it, you love it. And it's really the only place you can get it is, it is in these crazy ass books. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of been my MO is in my whole life. I'm, I'm a weird flavor for people, but if you like it, then we probably have a pretty deep connection. <laughs> I feel like you've just 
um, defined both me and Renee's personalities, but also the people we surround ourselves with, where it's uh-huh. like, you're either in or you're not. Like you're it's in just, or out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You either like what we're about. I mean, this whole podcast is very much a, yeah. you know, we are not avocado toast. Like we don't totally, and we're fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does take a lot to get to that place, you know, just yeah. on a personal level where you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not for everybody, but yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I'm here if you want it. And if not, yeah. then, you know, go on with yeah. yourself. You have to culminate like some self-confidence that is really hard growing up, but part of it's probably involuntary, you know, like feeling like a weirdo in school or whatnot, but I've always had really supportive close friends, not always a ton of them, but yeah, as we get older, I guess it's like, well, I'm going to own what I am and lean into that. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I make books with buttholes on them. I make buttholes. You're in or out. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the my latest book, the um, the Sword and the Stoma? Yes, and okay. um, so I that feels pretty. That feels pretty intense. Um, most of my closest <laughs> circle is like, uh, I don't like this one. <laughs> I'm like, I totally get it. My my ex that I'm really close with models for a lot of my books. And he was like, I can't model for that. Like <laughs> I had to hire a model who's like an actor, like works with like Viggo Mortensen. He's like, I'm like, uh, this is going to be for a very weird thing. It's <laughs> legal, but he's younger and his mom's very involved in his career. And she's like, so tell me about this. this is a comic book. He said, and I'm like, no, it's not a comic book. And he was like, I kind of told her it was a comic book. And I'm like, um, well, I can't lie to you. It's a gay porno book. And he's going to have a stoma in his throat. <laughs> and I felt very weird about that. I was like, I don't want it to be exploitative of like a disability. So I tried to make it very clear in the book. Like, this situation is very particular. It's a very temporary stoma. It's not like someone who's had like a tracheotomy and is missing their larynx and is like you know for lack of I'm not sure if the correct term is disabled I don't think it's disabled but it's you know they have a a medical situation I'm not trying to make fun of that I'm I'm like I feel like it's like someone who broke their arm and you're fucking their cast like (laughs) yeah yeah I like to think of it that way and I've talked to people oh my god you won't believe this I was chatting with someone I hadn't met them yet during covid and i they were like so tell me what you do and i told them they were like oh wow that sounds really hilarious and so i sent them the cover i was painting of the sword and the stoma and they didn't write back for a few minutes and then they wrote that's an odd image and i was like okay fair i was like it's an odd book is what i said back and then um, for a while there was no response and then we kind of just started chatting like later in the week like nothing had happened and i i brought it back up i was like so did that cover kind of like offend you or gross you out he was like oh no not at all but um i like full disclosure my mom has a stoma and i bought her a little thing that she presses up to it so she can talk and i call it her robot voice and i was like wow what are the odds that the person i show this cover to actually like has a family member with a stoma i felt and he was like no not at all he's like it's hilarious he's like it was hard to tell what was going on in that picture it was like on my phone and blah blah blah. he's like no but it's hilarious and my mom would think it's funny and i was like okay that makes me feel better (laughs) and also like wow 
<laughs> yeah, truly, what are the odds? What are the odds? Oh I also God. can't help but think about the model's mother who's going to absolutely yeah. have that picture on the wall. I know, right? Because she's probably super supportive. And yeah. I know if it were my child, I would <laughs> blow it up and send it as a Christmas card and be like, look what my baby did. Right? Like, I would she has so a really proud. good sense of humor. And, and when I told her, she was laughing. I was like, that's amazing. She was like, I just don't want people to recognize him on the street as the stoma boy. And I was like, um... <laughs> from the gay porn i was like it's pretty niche i don't know that that many people are gonna read this a or b recognize him i even changed his appearance on it just to be extra safe a little bit i do hope though that the book gets so well known that it's possible right this young man could be recognized as the stoma boy that's the goal right that's the goal I haven't really tried marketing these um very well i'm not good at that i've never been good at that but um this girl from the uk um was writing a biography on uh, a celebrity that I'm close with because I'm kind of the touchstone. Um, and she's like, you know, could you get me some info on this person and maybe get them to interview? And I said, yeah. And then I was like, so how do you get a book deal? And she was like, well, I, it fell into my lap, but here's how. And she's like, let me do some research. She sent me all these resources on, publishers and agents who might be interested in what I do and so she said I would have a couple projects that you haven't released to shop to them and so that's kind of what I'm working on right now and then I'm going to try to like find a legit agent slash publisher and 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 pivot from self-publishing to like actually having distribution and so then maybe I can get that kid you know attacked <laughs> mobbed from fans of his stoma modeling Oh my gosh. Or I'm wa- I'm waiting for him to just blow up right. and then have like his hardcore fans try to find his earlier work yeah. and then he'll be on uh-huh. like like uh-huh. a British talk show where they'll like pull up this photo and be like, remember <laughs> this? And he'll be like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But also, isn't it great? That's it what great? I'm... That's the I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm do it. I'll, I'll be on his coattails and I'm like, you don't even know what this kid did. And now go read my crazy ass books. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's yes. <laughs> I I want to see this unfold. I know, right? I'm glad I'm here. Let's the, take a question time. from the audience here at the stock show, and I'm in the audience, like waving this crazy ass book. <laughs> well, I got some dirt on this kid. <laughs> Remember me? Remember me? It's like, oh shit, hiding his face. <laughs> Just go in like the Phantom of the Opera, though, please. <laughs> Half a mask. Yeah. And just like little smoke bombs in your pockets. <laughs> Should I get a temporary stoma and be smoking? Yes. Oh, please. Please do. Remember me. Look. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, yes. Oh do you all have the commercial of the woman that's... Um, in the 80s? Sm- a smoker. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. like the 80s or 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. It's been around a while. Yeah, I feel like it's on the same level as the people say I eat too many chocolate bars. That like, remember that PSA oh, I don't for know that one? <laughs> you don't know that one, Is Renee? That you know it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's probably like exclusively a Canadian. Yeah, really? I, I thought he had like a Latinx accent of some sort. But anyways, it's huh. this poor man who became a punchline. Because You're like he's he- eating way too much chocolate. I was sure he was American. 
<laughs> but it's the premise is that he has really bad acne and it's oh. an acne for Accutane. And the Amazing. idea is that he's like, people oh, say yeah. too many chocolate bars or that I don't wash my face, but that's not it. That's but for some it. reason, him saying, people say I eat too many chocolate bars, like, is amazing. stuck. And like yeah. everyone from the. I it's guess like I smell people. toast burning or whatever. Yes, yeah. I smell burnt toast, yep, too many yep. chocolate bars, and that. <laughs> <laughs> this is your brain on drugs, the eggs, and yeah. the woman smoking from her stoma. Those are like oh, yeah. burnt into my memory are, being yep. a child of the 90s. <laughs> totally. I like to ask um, all the Canadians I meet if they know about Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> oh, do we want to get into Anne with an E right now, Julie? <laughs> I uh, refuse to watch that. Oh, no, you have to watch it. Is it amazing? It is. If, But it's not Megan Follows, right? No, it's not. But oh, it's if, or Colleen Dewhurst. <laughs> if <laughs> if Anna Green Gables was written today, yeah, it's a pretty way, good one. It's lovely. It, it okay. like really tackles trauma in a lovely way. Okay, and like, Marilla and Matthew genuinely love her, and there's no Aww. like secret about it. I cannot. Okay, stress how great this show is. I'll oh. give it a try. I'll Renee, definitely give it a try. It has not been renewed for another season, oh, and there no. was truly an uproar in Canada, really? and it was it was pretty much led by Renee. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like people, and that's why I was like, oh, I should probably check this out because when it was said like, oh, we're not doing another season, people lost, lost their goddamn minds. So yeah, okay, so it must be pretty good. I will definitely give it a try. I just was protesting on principle because I was like, this is not the original Prince no, Edward Island. No. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> loyalty is important in this matter. It Absolutely. Is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I live for Megan Follows Anna Green. Yeah. Gables, then also Road to Evanly, and then also Emily yeah. of New Moon. Like I go yeah. hard on the CBC Sundays. Yeah. That's my life. Well, but, and um, um and uh, what's her name? Sarah Polly was in the Avonlea show. Mm-hmm. And the Ramona show. Wasn't wasn't that a Canadian production too? Ramona Quimby with little tiny um oh, I, I just said know. her name. What's Ramona? Sarah Polly? Sarah Polly, thanks. Yeah, she was a little little kid. It might have been her, like, her first role. She was Ramona Quimby from the Beverly Cleary books. Oh, which I no. also want to parody, but I'm like, is that getting gross? I, how do I make her an adult anyway? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like Ramona the Pest, right? Right. Well, yeah. Ramona and her father was my favorite, and I'm like, that is not okay. No. <laughs> no. No, and I will tell you. Ramona that- and her stepfather that she just <laughs> met, and she's totally the same age as, and her mom's evil and is leaving him. <laughs> it's like very specific to make it okay. No, 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 no. <clears throat> I read Ramona books to my kids. And oh, they're so good. They're so good, but I... Oh, can I tell just, you a secret? I please. live right down the street from Beverly Cleary <gasps> School. There's a Ramona Quimby statue in the park right down the street. Stop it. And the street she grew up on, Click Attack, which I affectionately called Clit Attack yeah. as I drive by, Fair. Um, is where she lived in the oh, books. So it's like Ramona Quimby cool. land here. And I love it. Oh my gosh, she's just the most annoying child on the planet. Yeah, though, absolutely. I will say, as a mother, yeah, I stopped. Like if that was my was child, like, yeah, I stopped reading because I was like, I don't need to give you guys. I don't need to give you ideas. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> I love it. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I just want to keep talking about Roman- Ramona Quimby now. I know. Um, sir. Yes. Um, do you read romance and erotica outside of writing it? Um. Sh- Strictly for research. Okay. Yeah. It's not my go-to. Um, and I think I'm okay with that. 
Like, I, I am not trying to emulate typical erotica. I have certainly d- dipped my toes in just for kind of a guide mm-hmm. post. Like, you know, like, how many ways can you describe a blowjob? Um, it's, not as many as you It's think. not as many as you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you another secret. I have a very extensive word bank that is organized by body parts sexual practices so it's like i need another word for a dick i'll go to that and i'm like which would work in this context so you're a serious writer i'm a serious writer oh yes (laughs) it's very academic i'll i'll you know plunder the annals of of old old erotica (laughs) yeah and i'm like dong that is the perfect one (laughs) Ding dong, dingaling, dinky do. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I write with a quill pen and an inkwell. Oh my god. <laughs> I lo- Absolutely okay. not. You're like hashtag go sit, heart. Sit yeah. down next to the Ramona statue and just write your little heart out. Oh my god, it's a really scary statue. Did you see the the Lucille Ball statue that they like? <laughs> yeah, the town had to like protest is so bad the ramona one scares me i didn't know what was ramona at first i'm like what is this scary child screaming in the park it's like no me molesta it's just like (laughs) a really scary girl and then i'm like oh it's like ramona being a pest so it's cute now she's so annoying she's pretty annoying yeah yeah well i really want to get into um our book this week but before we do that julie do you have any questions for our Delicious. I do actually have a question, and this is like mm. a sincere question that I've always had as mm-hmm. um, as someone who – so I learned English from reading Goosebumps. This is like oh, – so yeah. I'm about that life, um, and so I love like your the whole – everything about it speaks to me. And Are you as English even, as a second language? I am. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I would never know. I am a French native French. speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you from Montreal? No, I am from Northern Ontario, which okay. has the most amount of French people anywhere outside of Quebec. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. That's a fun little fact for you. Well, your accent is impeccable. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I worked really I hard on it because I used to be, uh, hello, my name is Julie Lalonde. Um, oh, but- <laughs> cute. That's sexy. I can say, je ne parle pas bien français, and I think that's incorrect, but it's like, I can't speak French, and I'm saying it very poorly. Which I is like fine. it. Yeah, I like okay. it. You're being forthright with your limitations. I like yeah. that. In someone. I, I learned it. I was on tour with a recording artist and we were in Montreal and I was like, I just need to learn how to say I don't know how to speak French. Which is the <laughs> truly polite thing to do. It so is. yeah, I'm so like, my I'm little, not, I don't know. My little French self was trying to learn things in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, late eighties, early nineties. And I was very into choose your own adventure. Oh, awesome. And so my question to you is something that's mm-hmm. always been how, like, logistically, how mm. do you write a mm-hmm. choose-your-own-adventure book? Do you come up with the different plot lines and then you kind of sew them together? Or, like, how does that work? I won't lie. It is a nightmare. It um, sounds like it. It truly sounds... It's like making a zine. You know what I mean? It I'm just is like, like making a zine. It's like making a map. Like, I really felt like a cartographer. There are special programs, actually, for writing choose-your-own-adventures. Oh. Um, and I worked with an editor for a while until she disappeared off the face of the earth i shit you not i have no idea i wonder if she died we had no bad blood we worked together great we met up for coffee i overpaid her we had so much fun 
and then she has disappeared. And I am a little nervous, but it's very odd. If you're out there, um, you know, get back to me. I love you. I'm not angry. I'm just like worried, honestly. But anyway, um, she really helped me with the the ebook portion because they're links, you know, and in some ways it's easier because you don't have to flip pages. You just click like, I want to go to page 30. Um, mm. But there are programs that that kind of make, you know, you do like one of those spider web like charts on a piece of paper. And I did that. So it's like, you know, here's the first the beginning of the story and then it branches out to these two and then that branches out. And so it looks like a tree at the end. It's like a family tree. And so I did on paper, I did that. And then I went back and, you know, fleshed it out um, in the program, but it is a nightmare. And then I was like, the passage I'm going to read today really inspired me to illustrate all of them because I was like I have to see what this looks like visually like I (laughs) as the author need to see what this looks like and so it's such a visual passage for me and then I was like oh well I'll just illustrate each thing because a lot of the choose your own adventure books are pretty fully illustrated for kids Mm -hmm. that was also a nightmare like for a month I'm drawing my friends would come over and they're like wow your apartment is full of drawings of buttholes in really (laughs) odd situations and they loved it and that was good feedback but I was really glad to be done with my butthole book (laughs) I'm not sure if I'll do another choose your own adventure I probably will but it'll probably be a while because it's a daunting undertaking yeah it was it it was so much fun actually Mm -hmm. it was really fun it was it was really fun but um yeah it's it's the hardest project definitely but well, i I've, hope you write another yeah. one i probably will yeah i probably will it'll just be a bit i have some really good summer offerings coming oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. i actually haven't read any other of your books because i'm saving them for episodes so i have like, oh, an awesome. entire collection <laughs> oh on you're a the shelf best. next to like all my Aww. books on satanism so they just live together amazing yeah yep. <laughs> so i'm really excited to have more opportunities on the show to read oh them. yeah absolutely um Julie, mm-hmm. what adventure did you get up to? Well, I have to tell you, I went on, I could not have gone on a better adventure. It was custom made for Julie. For you? It truly was the Amazing. most perfect little journey. So let me tell you, do you want yeah. to know, Renee, what kind of adventure I went on? I am holding on to my butt. Let's do <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Let's do Hold this. Hold on to your butt. <laughs> so I went to the work party and I decided... Okay. I was going to have that spiked punch mm-hmm. and I was going to head into that party. And I was going to have a time. <laughs> and then I was like, the limbo? Oh, fuck yeah, I'll do uh-huh. the limbo. Rock I'm a the butthole. Yeah. I'm a butthole. You know I can do it. I'm going to rock this. And then I was like, when I obviously won, because obviously. Yeah. Um, then I gave the best mic drop speech. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just done for the night. I was just like, yep. put all you fuckers in your place. Bye. Yep. And mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. extremely on brand for me. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I'm so glad. It might be like some kind of oracle, you know? It might be like, are you familiar with the um, Osho deck? Yes. Like a tarot deck? Maybe yeah. this book is some kind of spiritual Osho deck. Like, there's meaning behind your path that you took, you know? Probably, because my like, night ended early, which is very on brand ball. for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the night ended early, very on brand for me. There was a, a spontaneous act, group activity, also on brand. And then Amazing. it ended with me putting people in their place. 
also on brand. I'm so glad about that. <laughs> Can I ask what sign you are? I'm a little into that. Oh, I am a Gemini. Oh, my favorite. I love Our Gemini. Our theme this month. I fucking Pride love in Gemini's. Gemini's. My moon is Gemini, and I'm an Aquarius, and I feel very Gemini, and I always find amazing Gemini women, and they want to craft, and they're like perpetual kids, and we just never grow up together. Oh, I love it's that. Amazing. Yep. That passage um, about the work and all that is very autobiographical. Really? It's probably the only passage that's autobiographical. And um, so I'll tell you the history of my name, if you would like. Witslorp came from that job I had at that place. Um, I affectionately call it Scientolatoys because it came to... <laughs> find out that it was uh, run by a family of Scientologists and therein lied some of our business uh, points of contention. But um, yeah, that speech was basically a speech that I kind of gave, but didn't really fully give. And so I, I really gave it in the book. It was like, this is how I feel. Oh, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Like must have, yeah, very cathartic to be like in a perfect world. This is what I would have said. This to is what I would have said. Well, Being we a took giant the names, butt. <laughs> right. Well, we <laughs> took the names of children that were patrons for a reason, like to kind of track their progress as as they were growing, and one of their names was Witslorp, and no. I could not fathom that a parent would name their child Witslorp. I mean, not a lot goes with Slorp. But I'm not sure that wit is the the name. I'm not sure. I would have picked like another S name. Like I don't know. I I don't know. I really don't know. Stephanie Slurp. Susan Slurp. <laughs> Slip. Slip Slurp. <laughs> I mean, you gotta lean into the silliness, or else change your last name. But wit Slurp feels like you're trying to take it seriously. And I'm like, um, and is it short for Whitney? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't yeah, know. no, that that's. Oh, there's a lot of questions, and there's I'm like, a, someday yeah. this kid's gonna grow up and Google their name and be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh and then God. maybe they'll have to change their name, and that's really the point of my entire writing career is to get this kid <laughs> to change their name. Oh, I love it. What kind of adventure did you go on, Renee? Did well, you give I a big old speech? <laughs> you know. <laughs> In my first read through, I did, but then I actually told myself, I bet Julie went on this exact same adventure, <laughs> so I'm going to try a different outcome, and I did. Um, <laughs> so I skipped the party, and I went to the Rockefeller Center, and then um, I ended up going to the top of the building, and I really felt like I was the sphincter in this story. <laughs> like I really connected with them because... If Julie and I were to climb atop a giant building and there was a lot of wind <laughs> and I got blown off of it, I would lean into it and mm -hmm, I would mm -hmm. I would just fly. I would just fly down. <laughs> fly um, free. Fly free. And I, I landed on like a, a nice little plane. sugar glider animal, right? <laughs> exactly. It's mm -hmm. like my dream. It's mm -hmm. my dream to just fly free, but I'm scared of heights. So <laughs> I got to live vicariously through the sphincter. Um and then I ice skated with a penis, and oh. we had a long and happy relationship. It's really sweet, yeah. It was so, it was so lovely. Every and you know, I did read other outcomes. This was my favorite, mm -hmm. um, but and they were all my favorite. But every single one, I was happy with the outcome. I was oh, like, good. I feel empowered. You're I like, feel I'm in good. love. I feel great. Oh, so good. 
10 there's some 10. bad ones. I think there's some like you took the wrong path ones, but I did end up um, at the ballet as a as a butthole. Tutu that's that's and, my favorite. Yeah, and I, I think lied. I might read that passage unless that's your your choose. Your no, choice. I would love it, but yeah, um, that one's my I favorite. I didn't like though that um, it was encouraged to be honest with the cops. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, a cab <laughs> is our theme here today. Yeah, I mean there is an option to lie to them. I did lie, and then my my story ended, so I had to go back and tell the truth. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, I had fun every You should have been rewarded for lying to the cops. Exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah. There's one ending that to me is kind of like you solved the game, um, but I'll let you find that one in the future. Oh, I will. Yeah. Um, so... Do you yeah. have a passage you want to read for, our, for us and for our listeners? I would love to, yeah. Um, so this is, I lived in New York for about three years. So some of this is is loosely based on experiences. I never got to see the ballet, but I did go to Lincoln Center for the film festival. And I actually walked in with Bjork, the Stop. singer, because I pretended to be part of her entourage for the <laughs> premiere of Dancer in the Dark at the film festival. Oh. And I just walked near her and I was just like, oh my God. And then I met her afterwards because my ex knew where they would come out, like the secret exit. There was nobody there. And I was like, you're amazing. And she was crying. I don't know if she's crying from her performance or what, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is she truly as cartoonish as she seems? Yes, I was waiting for her to be like, and then my turtle heart climbed into the... <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> my favorite passage is the Nutcracker Ballet. Yes. Okay, so you, I forget what leads you here. Do you remember? Um, you, you have the option to go to the tower or... Sneak okay. into the ballet. Yes. So you skip Rockefeller Center, right? Mm -hmm. Or you you skip the tower, I guess. Yeah. So you decide that you can't give up the chance to see the New York City Ballet doing the Nutcracker. It doesn't get much more Christmassy than that. Your uncle can get us tickets, you ask Anna, who is rummaging for lip gloss in her pocketbook. Well, not exactly. He works there as an usher and can sneak us in the back door. I've done it a bazillion times. You both start walking. You arrive at Lincoln Center and follow Anna to the back of one of the performing arts buildings. He's not answering my texts. I know it's one of these doors, but I don't know how to open them. There were no handles on the outside of the doors, and the doors were flush against the side of the building. Anna knocked loudly. No answer. She knocked again. This time the door opened a crack. Uncle Gary, she smiled. He put his finger to his lips. Shh, hey, sweetie, he whispered. Hurry inside. Go get a seat. I'll see you after the show. I have to run. You follow Anna toward the dramatic music. I think it's this way. I wish she had time to show us to the seat. The music stopped and the lights went down. You don't see that Anna stopped walking and you crash into her. You both tumble forward and roll onto a hard surface with a smack. Then the roar of the entire audience clapping. Anna turns to where she thinks you are in the dark. I think we're on stage. Holy shit. What do we do? I can't see you. You tell her. Me either, she says, panicked. Wait, I have an idea. Suddenly you're being jostled violently in the dark. You have no idea what is happening, and suddenly you're horizontal. Soon the clapping dies down and the auditorium is completely silent. 
The lights come back up and you both realize that the audience is behind you. You're completely on your side and Anna is standing right in the center of your butthole mouth. She has pulled you up around her legs to her waist and is wearing you as a tutu. She's doing her best to follow along with the other dancers to blend in with the performance. Artificial snow is falling onto the stage. Perhaps it's helping distract from you two. Then the laughing starts. Two children dressed like gingerbread men are dancing around you and pointing. Several of the other dancers have noticed. They are looking around. The conductor has stopped and the music is becoming more discordant. Now the audience is laughing and the music stops. The entire performance is halted and Anna is holding on to you as she nervously curtsies. Several guards apprehend you both and carry you out to the police officer waiting in the lobby. She asks you to explain yourselves. Should you lie, turn to page 30, to the cop, or is honesty, page 28, the best policy? Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that there was a picture of you as a tutu. I mean, that is really why I illustrated the book. I needed mm. to to illustrate that. It really took it to a next level. It made it very visceral. <laughs> Beautiful, they say. <laughs> I'm kind of with the guy that I was texting with. It's pretty odd. <laughs> That's an odd book. <laughs> you, think? you know what? I hope my kids read it and go on that adventure. I, I think they'd you. really enjoy it. <laughs> and then they hide the book out of terror. Yeah. I mean, they've already they've already stolen a vibrator from me, so I oh, wouldn't be surprised amazing. if this is just added to that pile of contraband. Um, um can I tell you a really quick story since yes. I love to chat? So my friend was house sitting once and of course me and like ten of our friends crashed it. And the first minute we were there. I'm a little bit psychic. I'm not kidding. And I was like, there's a dildo here. And she's like, no, these, <laughs> this couple is super uptight and religious. And I was like, yeah, then they definitely have a dildo. I swear to God, I walked into their bedroom. I opened the first drawer and rummaged through their underwear and found a dildo, a rubber dildo. And they had a giant dog. And so for the entire time we were there, I gave it to the dog. The dog <laughs> chewed the fuck out of that dildo. And... I'm like, she was like, oh my God, they are going to, and I was like, what are they going to do? Hey, yeah. did you give up my dildo to the dog? Cause it's kind of chewed up. I was like, there's nothing they can do. It's perfect. Maybe you aren't going to house sit here again, but that's okay too. Right. Anyway. I mean, it truly is the, per- I mean, it's like robbing a drug dealer. You know, totally. Like what, are, like, what are they going to do? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. I let your dog chew on chew your, on your dick. dildo. What of it? Amazing. Yeah. Right. And maybe perfect, it's a perfect prank. <laughs> maybe it's a better texture. I don't know. Maybe they're like, thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'm not lying. That happened to me. Um, <laughs> I swear to God. Um, I believe you. I totally believe and, you. Yeah. It does. I mean, they're dog toys. They're just big rubber dog toys. Yep. And, it's like a um, bone. You have to throw it out after. There's no coming There's back no saving that. that. No. Could you melt it over a candle? Smooth out the ridges? Smooth in, out the dog bites? Not in this house. <laughs> I don't need Mommy, like, what smoking, does that smell? Yeah, a smoking dildo going, like setting my fire alarm off. I don't think so. You're like, it's just Jessica. She's burning that butthole book. <laughs> it traumatized her. <laughs> You know what? What's going to be worse is, you know, if she brings it to school and then all the moms are like, your daughter brought this to school. And I'd be like, the well, dildo or the it? book? The book. Okay. I'll, I'll hear from the moms. But 
I mean, mm-hmm. I, I sent her with books about like anarchy and stuff and I haven't mm-hmm. heard anything yet, but I hope it happens. So I can be mm-hmm. like, well, Margaret, did you read it at least? Right. You know, I'm generalizing, like, but Canadians tend to be pretty. They've got good sense of humor and they're really not as conservative at all. No. So no. I feel like they would probably be like, that is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, and I live in Alberta. The only thing anybody's conservative about here is how much they hate our prime minister and the oil right, um, right. oil companies. So, but okay. otherwise, they're like yeah. we put they put like little little ball sacks on the back of their trucks. So yeah, I was oh. gonna say like Albertans that's have truck mats. Texas. Yeah, that's oh, Texas. Yeah, Alberta is the Texas of Canada. It's like okay. that's okay. literally where the cowboys are, the big rodeo is, okay. the oil fields. Uh, okay. Everyone drives a massive truck with literal yep. truck nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that is Texas. You just described Texas. Yeah, um, to the point where when Oprah went to Edmonton mm-hmm. to give a talk, what did they give her as a gift, Renee? They gave the queen some truck nuts. <laughs> you get truck nuts, and you get truck nuts. <laughs> yeah, and like you, you get can, a scrotum. You can watch that clip, and I she's will just absolutely. like she horrified. She's just like making that that smile where it's not a smile; it's just showing teeth. Like oh that's... god, they had to mute the fact that she was growling. <laughs> yeah, Oprah, Oprah said the f word only once, and it was in Edmonton <laughs> for um, real. When they gave her, (laughs) (laughs) she probably immediately went and called Gail and was like, "You'll never believe this." We've got some nuts to play with. I had to pretend I hated them. (laughs) Gail, can you put these on later, please? Um... (laughs) Please don't give them to the dog. We have lost way too many dildos. (laughs) We can't afford this habit anymore. Come on, yeah. Um, Do you want to read a a passage, Renee? No, we had we had Wit read a passage. Oh yeah, we don't we don't. Okay, so this I'm glad you were going to say that because if you were going to say I'm going to read something, I was going to say don't because folks need to read it themselves. Yes. They need to experience the various choices um mm-hmm. that could lead to a very different evening, but all mm-hmm. around an adventure mm-hmm. will be had. Mm-hmm. An adventure you, will be had. Are you in New York? Are you able to say your location? Oh, me? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm in Ottawa. Oh, is someone in New York? No, we are 100% stuck in Canada. You know, it's because Julie, you might not know this. Julie is actually famous, legitimately, and is a published author, and she travels extensively. Yeah, she's a really big deal, and she doesn't like to talk about it. (laughs) Were you visiting New York, maybe? Uh, I've done work in New York in the past, maybe. I don't know why I had that in my head. And I was like, wow, maybe this really resonated, you know, this whole story. Oh, no. in New York. Yeah, and I mean, it does have all of the sort of romantic elements of New York. And New York mm-hmm. at Christmas. Especially at Christmas. Exactly. Yes. It's a magical As a Gemini, thing. are you as in love with holidays as I am? Oh, hard. Agree. Okay. Yes. I go real hard. Go My Christmas hard. tree's up for a long time. I take the ornaments on. I mean, sorry, I take them off. And I tried to leave it up for a few months. And I was like, I live in the Pacific Northwest. It's just a pine tree that yeah. lights up. It's just a light source. And people were like, oh, wow, your tree's still up. Your Christmas tree's still up. And I was like, yeah, I'm just white trash at this point. <laughs> so I, I re- ruefully took it down. But I, I, the decorations come out for Halloween, like September. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas starts like on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Renee, American like Hall- Halloween is Renee's Christmas. It is yeah. her time to shine. Yeah. We used to go totally. hard when we lived in the same city. We would go hard at parties, mm-hmm. have great group costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Does overall, Canada yeah. do Halloween? 
Oh yeah. As, we don't do Thanksgiving always... to the same extent as you, but we do the right. same Halloween. Like, yeah, people go trick or treating. Okay. We like have clever costumes awesome. when you're an adult. Then, your whole like, life? Yeah. Has oh, it yeah. always oh, been yeah. that way? Okay. Yeah. So it's Europe that is just now kind of coming around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Halloween okay. is new to Europeans, your... but okay. Canadians, okay. I don't know why we've adopted every single one of your traditions except we don't really give a shit about Thanksgiving. It's at a different date because it's, it's horrible. Not as big. Yeah, I mean it's, it's obvious. horrible, it's like... fakey, rewritten history, horrible thing. Yeah, yeah. We finally good. have started changing it to you know Indigenous Peoples Day, which is great, but the the mis you know misrepresentation of like the indians totally benefited from us bringing the mashed potatoes <laughs> like no they pretty much saved our ass from freezing and <laughs> yeah no it's it's good that that's being revised in my in my book but Agreed. it's also a boring holiday also um i know that our show is about to come to a close pretty soon but mm-hmm. i want to point out that neither of you asked what my zodiac is Oh, <laughs> touche! Tell that us that is Renee. totally two air signs going down a tangent. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's negligence. It is mm-hmm. not willful. I promise. What sign are you? Wait, let me guess. Guess. Hmm. You seem to be pretty grounded. Mm-hmm. Maybe I am wrong. I would almost guess an earth sign. I love mm-hmm. earth signs because they kind of help keep me grounded. And you guys might be a good team. Like you might be like a Taurus. Um, you got it. Are you a Taurus? First try, yeah. Woo! See, I'm pretty good at that. I am Listen, pretty good though, at it. Mm-hmm. Taurus with a Scorpio moon, though. Oh, so you're spicy. You're fun. <laughs> I'm definitely not spicy. No? Um, I'm like... Did you used to be? No. Oh. No? Bullshit. No. Yes. Ah. Yes. Well, Listen, and spicy can take this. on different... <laughs> She's I, was a slutty, I was a slutty teenager yeah, and that's what I, mean. I had yeah, a yeah. child really young as a result yeah. of that. So I've not been spicy since, but so uh, you've quelled it, but that is in your DNA. Oh, and I'm, like spicy goth on top of yeah, everything. The best totally. kind you got of spicy. the dark. Yeah. yeah you like I'm just the dark like, side. I'm like a middle-aged goth cowboy mom now. I mean, so all of us kind of, look. we, we dim as we get older. We do. I'm like mashed yeah. potatoes made with margarine. Oh, no. Like a no poutine? Oh, écoute, là, j'aime ça, ma poutine, but... What's your rising, do you know? Uh, I don't remember. I don't I don't understand, like, Zodiac stuff. Um, Moon but... sign's kind of what's going on inside. Your sun sign's kind of like your totem, like your bumper sticker. And oh, then your you rising's kind of like what you project, like what people think about you, maybe. I think I take too many mood stabilizers for a moon sign to affect me. Um, <laughs> I do the same, actually. I'm not yeah. lying. I take I take meds that I thought might kill that part of me, but I don't know. I don't think it does. I'm still crazy. And in a good way. Creative as hell. Yeah, yeah. You definitely. I like to you know. Think that. We started our show during the pandemic, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just been such a wonderful experience to actually like connect with an author and have these books that we can use on our show for like great content and great reads. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you've been so lovely. And well, so, um, I love just, that we both started our path, like parallel. I know. Timeline. I know. And I love, I love it. That. I love that you're, you've been so patient with us getting you on oh the my show. God. No, I'm just thankful to be here. You've really been a champion. And I think honestly, you've been like this North star, like a lodestone that like, has encouraged me when I felt like, hmm, is this ever going to be anything? I'm like, they they found me. 
You know, I am a professional hype girl. Um, yeah. Julie, Julie can tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So you want Renee on your squad. So you're in I the fold it. now. You will forever mm-hmm. be oh, cheered on that. from here. Well, I'm Canada. a loyal. I'm a loyal friend as well. But Julie, if you're in the the publishing arena, you really got to help me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. I'm yeah, on it. You got to help me get a deal. A hundred percent. Yeah. Every time I'm like talking to other literary people i'm like who the hell would you shop this to you're like i'm i'm at double day like um <laughs> i'm at you know harper collins How, are you guys in the market for butthole books Stomas? hey penguin hey penguin yeah. where are you at with like kind of <laughs> masturbation metaphors with mac and cheese like is that like a yes or like a no like a hard no or is it how long word? do you think you need to think on it <laughs> I mean, WAP was a big deal. So, like, I just want to ride that. I'm just wondering. This is going to get totally picked up quick. So, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't sit on it too long. (laughs) Don't sleep on me and my buttholes is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. (laughs) I think you could probably, you know, continue the self-publishing route. Like, Mm -hmm, Chuck mm -hmm. Tingle style. Just start trying to get awards. Yeah. And then you can sell your art. Awards? Well... What what did Chuck Tingle is a two time nominee of something, isn't he? Oh. Hugo Hugo, Hugo Award, yeah, yeah two time yeah. nominee, and he puts that <laughs> he puts wow. it all in his book. So you could be you could I get a could. Pulitzer. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was I. my goal. I was hoping to get like a a Peace Prize, but yeah, I think you could do it. Mm-hmm. You could. If Trump can, can, I can. <laughs> right? I mean, Amy Schumer won a Peabody for a comedy sketch, so wow. don't think that buttholes okay. can't change the world. I am going to totally <laughs> raise my, my goal. Listen, your stories, your stories are so higher. much more than buttholes. It's about love. I know, I know. We are being reductive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's but, important to... But it is funny. Yeah, it's important to, you know, understand that there are a lot of buttholes but yeah what there's for heart you, what does what does the butthole symbolize for you um i'm not sure if i maybe like an outsider because no one else in the story is a butthole right yeah and and i kind of didn't think about that a whole lot but i'm like yeah there's an outsider that's just kind of like i'm just doing this with conviction i'm a butthole mm-hmm. um but also it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek like a New York asshole, you know, they're in New York. And they're like, ah, get out of my way, motherfucker. It's kind of like you're an asshole, like a, a born and bred asshole, which I affectionately, I love New Yorkers. But um, I just wanted to tell you that I've got a, a book coming that I'm calling it my my summer cockbuster. It's oh it's it's kind of like a movie slash book kind of situation, and I'm really excited for you to to see it. I am so excited. It's going to be good, yeah. I'm so excited. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. truly, thank you so much for oh, thank you. joining us for this delightful chat. Oh, I'm thank so you. so glad that we got to connect and get to spread the good word on oh. the genius, the brilliance, the heart, the butt that is with Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah. Well, you always have a special place in my butthole. Thank you. I, I hope this isn't the last time your butthole is on our show. But Definitely not. It is time to wrap it up. So yes. I'm going to throw it to you. Would you like to sing us out this week? Oh, yeah, please. All right. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I did practice. Okay. Okay. Um. Ravage love. Ravage love. 
<laughs> you did it. It was that perfect. Good? Yeah. Ah, I did it. Oh, so thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All it's right. my pleasure. Bye. I love you guys. Thank we you so much. You. We'll talk soon. For sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.